episode number 11. Hi, Paul. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Are you as excited as me? I'm pretty excited. I'm still getting over Monday night, but because that was face-melting tool, and I'd like to, not this episode, but our next episode, I want to sit down and you and I are going to review those gigs after we reviewed the album a couple of episodes ago. So True. We'll talk about that at a later date. But we have. But you a, know what? You're actually prettier with your face melted from Tool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so much prettier. <laughs> thank you very much. We have a super special, awesome guest with us today, a very old friend of mine, uh, amazing muso artist and all-round good bloke, Alain Kidron. Welcome, welcome. Here, welcome, Thank man. you. Yeah. Good very to see excited. you. Happy I actually listened to your... Uh, your uh, tour review and I loved it. Oh, cool. I, I listened to the album cool. a couple of times. The Not album. as in depth as you guys, but I, I certainly got into it. Man, that that that's it's a good album. That's a good album. So, what we love to do at the start is it as good as Justin Bieber's though that he put out yesterday. Uh, haven't heard that, so I'm not going to make I, any comparisons. Put it on the list. Though. I just thought you Go guys on were really on the pulse. Clearly not. But I do. I did see he is in his peak phase at the moment. Okay. Like you know, the Beatles are in their blue phase. Okay. Bieber's doing his pink yeah. phase. So I think it's going to be groundbreaking. He's growing yeah. a moustache, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a dirty, dirty, dirty seventies <laughs> porn tash in the pink thing with the pink hair Good and this dirty tash. It's fantastic. You'd actually look great. Oh, with a dirty tash, yeah. I would. Because <laughs> mine's all blonde tipped as well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I loved I loved the tour review. It was great. Yeah, nice. Yeah. In fact, I've listened to a couple of podcasts. I've loved them. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so if you've listened to a couple, couple of questions we'd like to ask at the start. What were you listening to today, music-wise? Oh, that's a good question. I was, well, in the gym this morning listening to, because I knew I was coming on, Bad Motorfinger. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So, that's a good way to start any day. I heard you scream. I heard you scream that as you came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just getting out of the shower and went, Oh, it's going to be a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off with Soundgarden. So yeah, I listened to that, and then whatever kind of came on on the car in the car on the way here, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Soundgarden, I mean, that's a good workout album too. Incredible. It, gets, it kept, gets you going and keeps you pumping along. And um, do you remember, like, I, I remember this one, it was a long time ago for me, but do you remember the first gig that you ever went to where you... Paid for the ticket yourself, like lined up, went to Ticketmaster, Ticketek, whatever, and then this wasn't like, oh, your parents dropped you off or this, that, and the other, but you went to with your friends. Well, my parents might have dropped me off. That was your own money. I'm pretty yeah, sure, money, and yeah. I'm not just saying this, I'm pretty sure it was that big day out that Nirvana played. So 92. 92, there 92 you go. I'm pretty out. sure it was that. So that was uh, Violent Femmes. Was, it was, was the breaking of uh, UMI, Spider Bait, Hard Ons Played with Henry Rollins. Yeah. Uh, Nirvana. Nirvana. Yothu Yindi. Yothu Yindi, yeah. And they were stacked. Uh, Nirvana was in the afternoon, weren't they? They were stacked yeah, because uh, Yothu Yindi was ahead of them and then uh, Violent Femmes were headlined. It was insane. Yeah, it was yeah. the Beast of Bourbon, then Yothu Yindi, and That's then Nirvana. Right. That's right. Yeah. In fact, and I didn't. I remember not knowing much of Nirvana. I just, my whole musical world changed when I came back to Australia. After school, I went overseas for a year and I came back and everyone was into grunge and all this yeah. other sort of stuff that I had no idea about. While I was overseas, I was listening to all this jazz and European music after being into <laughs> rock and yeah. Led Zepp in high mm-hmm. school and then coming back and having Nirvana all of a sudden, all these crazy, crazy. Because well, the story goes that, that they were booked for the big day out in, I think, September of the year before, 
and it was November when they blew up. So when they were booked, no, like because they played the Phoenician Club. And, uh, they yeah. played at Salinas, Salinas oh, and the they played, club. They oh, played oh, it at a couple, you know, couple of little places down Infectious in... Grooves, Phoenician oh, Club. Yeah, 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 on. I was there, bro. I was, <laughs> there. There. I was there. People like, jumping off the balconies. I was there. It was crazy, man. I've never got shot. I was like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sydney. Two weeks later, that shit oh, died. Oh, was it? In it. Yeah, yeah, Anna Wood. Anna Wood died mm. there, and then they shut it down. Now it's a fucking convenience was Was it because of Anna Wood, or was it because people throwing themselves off balconies at the Infectious Grooves? I mean, that's a... Was, well, it, was it, it was Bob Carr or Nick Reiner? I can't remember who oh, it was. I can't remember. Okay. Anyway, our international guest wouldn't be. <laughs> but there, that was a the politicians closed but, it. Yeah. But that was the great thing about that club is because it was tiered and you could stand up the top and just fucking look down at the band and look down at the audience and yeah, that was an awesome. It was gig. a classic. That was club. a great one. The Infectious Grooves gig. Oh, that was nuts. <laughs> that was nuts. Sarsipius Aladdin the And because the, the the his one of his other bands, Mike Muir's. Psycho Suicidal Mike, Tendencies? No, Psycho Mike, oh, which yeah, is, so is so full okay. on thrash. Okay. Like even more so than Suicide. They were the support. <laughs> yeah. So right. it was like you saw a double, a so. double gig, you know? It was uh, As a thrash head, you know, that was like. Geez, <laughs> yeah. everywhere, you know? But yeah, so that was the first gig, the, the big day out. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, I think. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what happened before then? Good story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay that. All right. Now, I know even way back in the day when, you know, we were playing together and this, that, and that. You had pretty wide taste in music, okay? So this is going to be a bit of a curly question. Do you have a secret passion, a that gu- you, a guilty pleasure, um, that you don't particularly like people to know, but you love anyway? Well, I've always been someone who doesn't give a fuck what oh, no, people oh, think. No, that's no, what, that, like, that's what know, I mean. It's been a bit of a curly I'll wear question, a pink so. onesie to this party, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care. So, are there, yeah, there's, pl- there's probably a, a lot of... You know, indulgent bubblegum pop music that I, you know, yeah. I, I, I was in Korea for a while writing K-pop, you know, and so there you've got to delve into loads of different stuff. I mean, I can't listen to Mariah Carey. There's, there's certain artists that I, that I just yeah. listen to and I just, I'd never listen to, but there are some like that I just appreciate great songs. Yeah, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift. You know, they, they, I can just indulge in it and relax and just go wow man it's, she's talking about something real and yeah and i can even get a tear <laughs> yeah. but but even, look, look even even in the, the most commercial whatever music there's still talent yeah and there's still good artists but let's face know, it paul so. i was the flautist in your band <laughs> i played the flute i wondered if you would I bring the flute. if i would have to <laughs> no, no, no. i was wondering whether i should bring the flute nah. <laughs> No, don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, no. That was really contentious. Like, well, should there be a jam session afterwards? Yeah, well, no, well, well, yeah, there should be. Always. There should be. Nick, Nick, don't worry. Nick, we're going to get Justin, who is our guitarist, yeah. and Dr. Smooth to come on. Well, I don't do that. I have bigger okay. plans than that. I, oh, I, here I, we I, go. Here I we want go. all of you back at the table. Oh, we could, we could just, try and Just for that. one... Half One big argument. But honestly speaking, there's... I've always had a massive diet of music. I've never yeah. restricted myself. And I, I guess that worked to a benefit, but it also worked against it in that I kind of, when I think about the 90s and the rock that I did listen to, it was just stuff that people put me onto, you yeah, know, like yeah. you or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't like I did a real deep dive on my own going to record yeah. stores going, What's, what What? did that bass player do? And what, it wasn't about that. For me, it was just like this, wow, this is listening to... So I was just really easily influenced and kind of, that's just the sort of character I am. I'll, I'll go... And then I'll go and write a song 
you know, kind of in the style of or whatever. If I go and see a gig, for example, I'm super inspired. I'll go home and go, wait, what were they doing there? And trying to get my head around it. So writing's always been a big part of it. Yeah. You know. Because we, I mean, I, I spoke to you briefly a couple of weeks ago and we came from a, a big circle of people that were super talented. And yeah, boost my ego, I include myself in that. You, Myself, you Buddha, you, Matt Jackson, uh, Justin, Ben Carse. Um, my brother Drew Ross yeah. your brother um, so many like artists and musicians and, and, and people that were sort of really open to to, to those sort of I mean, it, Robo, it, filmmaker it, you know like yeah, but it always felt it was a guarantee that if not all some or at least one at least one and and out of everyone you have been commercially the most successful out of all of us and and I was thinking about the why of that right because I know from myself that I got to like mid-30s and I was burnt out. I'd had enough. I had to put my base away and just not touch it because I mm. couldn't even consider picking it up and trying to write it. But you seem to have a... And I don't know if it's a conscious thing, but, but you seem to understand from a very early on you needed to be able to sell yourself to be successful. Because all of us were talented. It wasn't a question of, okay, can you play that or can you hang that? But you seem to understand even from the early days of playing in The Habit and Dopamine and those other, other groups, the ability that you had to sell yourself in a way that, that people wanted to get what you it's had. It's engaging with people. Yeah. That's a peculiar set of skills, I guess. That Yeah. And I don't think there are any two kind of lead singers that are exactly the same you know no. what I mean they've all got their own thing <clears throat> I happen to be a very extroverted one and you know always trying to get people's attention and <clears throat> it's sort of a similar a similar personality I have in real life and I'm talking yeah, to someone I love engaging in the to, connection that's a positive so, for you like that, yeah. that made that when you, when you it might to, give some people the shits but <laughs> yeah but, but when you had to get that get, make that step to, to be a commercial musician mm. that gave you the, I think for from my perspective, that gave you a confidence yeah. that a lot of us didn't have. Okay, to set things know? straight, it was yeah. all by accident. As well. no, and it, it happened no, late. It, it happened late when I was 31. But, it's like, yeah. but everything, everything happens yeah. by accident. Everything's a fucking accident if you look at it, right? There's so many musicians out there that are fucking awesome that will never get anywhere because they don't have that confidence and that drive to go listen to what I have mm. and fucking sell it, you know? Like, in my case, you, in my case, I was literally really lucky. I yeah. had, um, I mean, the, the story is, is that one, one night I was off my head in, in a nightclub singing, just spitting over a DJ. I was just, I was employed. I was asked to come and play over yeah. some DJ that I didn't really know. And I was there and actually I had my flute out, funnily <laughs> enough, and, and I was singing and the DJ was like, hey, he was an Irish dude. He was like, hey, why don't you come on over to uh, to our studio on Monday and write a song? And I turned up and it wasn't a studio. It was just their kitchen yeah. with, you know, a, a, a microphone. Kind of like this, but way worse. You know, like... In, in Darlinghurst? In Darlow. In Darlow, yeah. number 54, whatever street it was. Studio 54, they called it. And <laughs> Townhouse? It was a terrace. Terrace House, sorry, it was terrace, a terrace. Terrace it was House a terrace in Darlow. Hey, oh, have you hey, been there? Were you there? No, 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 no. But I mean, great. Like, I, I know a lot of places around in that time, yeah. but um, great acoustics in those terrace houses because of the thick concrete walls right through. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, they, they, and this DJ dude, producer, was like, hey, listen to this track that I've done, and he pressed play, and I was like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> 
It was just, it was, it was doof. It was like four on the floor, like. I was kind of a rolling kind of buzz on it. But I was just like, I don't like dance music or whatever. But being who I am, I just got the guitar up and started playing, doing this mariachi thing on it and singing it. And within kind of half an hour, we'd just written Don't Hold Back, which became a number one for 27 weeks on the dance charts and then whatever but it was it was a peculiar set of circumstances that led to this moment as yeah. he said and but, but, but that's the, what the record mean. label heard it and they'd yeah. already been signed they already had the attention of people so yeah. it wasn't and it's a vicious records the, it was a vicious yeah it was yeah. signed by vicious and the the funny part was was that the first couple of gigs that we did together as the pop bellies the manager was there and both times the first two the first gig it was like this fashion gig and i got the flute out and i sang <laughs> and he was like to the boys he was like don't get that guy again don't get that guy again so anyway time passed and we had this song and vibes on a summer's day came out oh good vibes good vibes yeah okay and was coming around and uh and they were like hey do you want to do dirty dreams and don't hold back you want to get up and do two songs so i was like yeah for sure and I'd munched a heap of crazy stuff. <laughs> and I got up and uh, and performed this ridiculous performance. It was terrible, probably. And at the end of one of the songs, I dacked my pants and started jumping around my undies. And the, and Johnny from the Pop Eddies came up and completely tore my <laughs> pants down. And everyone, you could just hear everyone go, oh, <laughs> in the audience. And there would have been 8,000 people out there. Yeah. First time that ever that I'd ever experienced anything like 8,000 people. Yeah. And I, I had my dacks out. It was just it was terrible. <laughs> Come on, that's a and rock for and the roll second story, time, mate. the manager said, "Get rid of him. Yeah. Get rid of him." Yeah. So whatever. I guess the songs did the did the talking. Songs did it, mate. That song. But you're always a strong songwriter, anyway, mate. You know. Like, oh, mate. Until I don't think I wrote a good song. In fact, <laughs> no, I don't think I wrote a good song for a long time. But yeah, we tried. You certainly. You were a killer. Oh, oh mate. It's all. Amazing. Listen. One thing that I've found, especially being in my forties is that for me, because I write a lot, like I write instrumental tracks, I write a track a week at least. Yeah, I'd love to know? Um, Don't worry, I'll send you something. Great. Um, the, it's all about, for me, it's just finding the joy. No, I'm not worried about selling this, doing this, doing it anymore, because I used to be obsessed with that. I've got to be a rock star and I've got to fucking... It's just about finding the joy. And if you can find the joy in, in whatever you do, whatever you're passionate, then life's good. Let's talk about those early days. And when we've covered in previous podcasts when we had your brothers on and um, you know, talking about those early days when everyone met and congregated at the church, yep. which we're not speaking metaphorically, people. We were yeah, literally yeah, at the church. St. Matthias on Oxford Street. On Oxford Street. Near the skateboard corner. ramp right there. Skateboard ramp in yeah. the backyard. Near. Rehearsals were Wednesday sometimes? No, Friday, Friday nights. Friday nights? Friday nights, yeah. I always thought that was school nights. No, they were no, often no, Friday nights, but there was another because I couldn't come off into the Friday night yeah, ones. Yeah. But there, yeah, I remember you having... So, yeah, you, but it would have been a weekend, mm. Saturday afternoon, mm. never a Sunday, obviously, because... The building was being used for other reasons, I don't know why. <laughs> what a time, though. What a time. Oh, and, Great time and, to be alive. And what a fucking opportunity, like... If only we had... Do you have any of that on film? Any of no, that stuff? I mean, no, that would nothing. just be priceless. Nothing. Like Chris on the drums, eh? I mean, that was just... Talk, I mean, have talk, you seen talk, him yet? haven't seen him for... We had a drummer. Mate, <sighs> I, I think the last time I saw him, you and I were playing a gig at the Beach Road. Okay. And he rocked up. Okay. And he's came and said hello. 
yeah. and it was probably two years since I'd seen Chris him. Sanders, Sanders, Chris Sanders, Sanders, Peterson. 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 So he wants a good story about Chris. So what, yeah, what around... I, I remember him being quite versed in martial arts. This was around yeah. what year? I want to say... Uh, would have been... 90. Yeah, 89. Yeah, well, it was before 80, the high school. Yeah, yeah 89, yeah. 90, yeah. I finished like, in 91, I was a year ahead of you guys. So. Chris had obviously been practising his karate moves and he was just like, Alan, Alan, come on, kick me, <laughs> kick me. So I'm like, whoa, I do this whole karate kid sort of dance and go to kick him and he knocked me out. Yeah. So I kicked him and he's just gone, boom, like boom. this, edged his shoulder out and my kick and I've flown backwards and knocked the back of my head and sort of seen stars. So yeah, I don't remember Maybe anything from the church. <laughs> I also remember, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's bitterly out. Come on, so, what do you remember? I remember doing some stupid, I mean, literally, I did play the flute in the yeah. band for a little while. So I was like spinning the flute and I remember the head of the flute just like, remember like this. And this is like a, for a kid, I mean, it was a $2,000 instrument, which at the time for a kid, like it was... You were 17? Oh, probably younger. Yes, man, yeah, 15, 16. Yeah, flew across and just dented, bonk. Like that, so I didn't have a flute for a while. Paul was like, oh, phew. <laughs> that wasn't me, bro. That was Jacko. No, yeah, that Jacko, was Jacko. Jacko, Jacko. It was always a who's getting the solo fucking yeah, yeah, competition. Yeah. Me and Chris funny, would just man. sit back and play our shit, dude. As you, know? you would, as yeah, you yeah. would. Just watch, just watch. Great. No, but, but that was, was a beautiful time. That, that, that was awesome, though, too, when we were doing Dopamine with you and my, you and Buddha singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the harmonies that would come out because you guys would be like fuck I've got to come up with the weirdest fucking accent that I can find and would constantly be in a battle and the, the shit you'd come up with was awesome you know it's like, the friction of those you know you get you get that in so many bands that we love Jimmy Page tension. Robert Plant you know I suppose John Faith, Paul Faith, and Faith, all Faith that No More the same you know with go, Bidgey, go on, Bidgey go on. Martin mm. Faith No More and he was you know people say oh after he left the band lost their magic because they used to fight. I can't wait to go see them, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going yeah. in May, I think. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there, Unreal. brother. Can't That'll wait, cool. can't wait. Oh, we go together. Awesome. We'll be there. Yeah, Fuck great. yeah, I think Buddha's going too. Because he's, he's the one that told me they were on. So. Yeah, I, I loved... Uh, well, being a lead singer, obviously, Mike Patton yeah. is such an incredible, out-spoken sort of lead singer. Well, just, just as an <clears> artist... His, his body of work is redonkulous. Well, he's you know? listened to, I mean, in a similar, not similar, but you tend to gravitate towards people that love and do, you know, similar things. I've delved into opera a lot as well, like that guy and... and well, he did that Mondo Kane. <clears throat> yeah, that's Italian, right. And even Italian in Phantom, yeah, that, that yeah. album's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And, and the singing in, in Italian yeah, 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 as yeah. well, which just like... You should definitely check out the Pavarotti um, doco. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. It's going around at the moment. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, cool. I definitely recommend it. It's beautiful, beautiful. Now, I'm going to drag you back Here we go. back a little bit because I think this um, might have been a beef with Jacko. I don't know. But Jethro Tull. Yeah. Right? I, I, I still, to this day, have not have heard hardly any. But I do remember you talking a lot about him. So give me, give me, give me an album. Jeff oh, Rotel, well, the, that would have influenced the you. The classic, you know? there's two albums that are incredible. I, I mean, <clears throat> and we're talking as a flautist here because yeah. he was a, a, a rock flautist. And an incredible frontman, incredible yeah. singer, and incredible kind of conductor as well. Yeah. Talking about Mike Patton being a conductor. Yeah, Anderson yeah. was incredible. <clears throat> um, Aqualung is, a, is a, a huge album, the one with it. Well, there's a hobo on the front, kind of, and, <clears throat> and then Thick as a Brick is kind of the... the the famous huge album and yeah. I guess they, they just take you on such a, an incredible journey yeah 
in the sense that it's not quite as progressive as Frank Zappa. Yeah. But it's also not as um, d- digestible as some other 60s, 70s artists as well. Um, honestly speaking, like I, I didn't obsess on Ian Anderson and, and Jethro Tull too much, but because I was just spending so much time listening to Pearl Jam yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, you know, like yeah. all this other stuff that was kind of, a, by the time I got to rock, which was, you know, when I was 15, 16, it was, <clears throat> yeah, it was, yeah, I was so obsessed with Led Zeppelin. I was, it was just yeah. like, I guess getting those first four albums and Houses of the Holy and everything all at once. It wasn't like we experienced the progression and release of his number one, his number two, etc. It was just like, like whoa. And I didn't even have time to listen to what was going on yeah. in the music. I was just like, what is this? And it was all about the song. And I guess you could kind of expect when I listen to music, I listen to the song first as opposed to the layers. Maybe being a bass player, things pop out where you're used to hearing that frequency or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm more, for me, it's initially, it's, it's the rhythm. The rhythm, I'm yeah. listening to the drummer where's and the, the bass pocket? player yeah. and where's the pocket. And yeah. then once I, and that's my key in. <laughs> if I get that key in, and then that opens that door for the rest of the track to, you know. I like to describe, uh, you know, I'm sure you might have heard this, but, and I've done, well, I'll go into that, but, a piece of music, especially something that's well produced, is like a big roaring fire. And at the bottom of it, you've got the hot coals of the drums and the and the bass, mm-hmm. you know, glowing. And it's just got to be really hot. And then on top of that, you've got the guitars. And then on top of that, you know, the flames of the, of the vocals. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, when you look into a fire, you can just get drawn into it. And so a, a really big hot fire or a brilliant song or production is just one that you can, you can just look at and, and keep looking at and press, you know, replay. Replay, yeah. And yeah. just keep going. And that, of course, works. That whole fire analogy, that metaphor of, of, of music being a fire can go into the mix as well and go into the story of the song as well. So you've got, you know, in a a great song might be something that initially has beautiful poetry, but when you look beyond and deeper, it's got a really solid story underneath it or it's got a reason for being that is just, you know, so the the songs that I love, especially obviously things like Tool and and more the edge towards the poetry and, and things that, you know, you want to, you know, indulge into and read over and over again. It's so and, and, it's you, and so you want it like I always want when I'm listening to something, I want to end up in a different place than the start of the song. Songs that shit me are ones that, and it, it's not so much okay. You've got to have a lot of changes because that does, that's that's irrelevant. It, it's got to take you to point B. It's quite the opposite, actually. You don't yeah. need a lot of changes. No, no, no. But if you don't go anywhere like and it has to be like okay so maybe the lyrics take you there yeah or maybe the guitar takes you there or maybe there's one element that'll or maybe it's everything that'll yeah. take but if it doesn't move at all yeah, so I that first that that it, whole you know? theory of like moving within a song and within a, a um <clears throat> within a piece of music started really inventing itself in the late 1800s mid 1800s to late 1800s where music moved away from what they call classical music into romantic music so within 
a piece of music, you would start, you know, with this, you know, little idea and evolve into something that would then thrash and then come back down with massive dynamics and, and could change from happy to sad, major to minor, threatening to, you know, to basically tension and release all the way through. Whereas before that, in the, in the 1700s, not to get posh on you or anything, but before that, within a piece of music... It was kind of like, oh, this is a contained piece of music. Yeah. This is one feeling that you're getting. So for you know four, five, six minutes or whatever, it was a lot more contained. It's not saying it didn't move, but it's no. just saying there was. But more is that is that more when you describe it as okay? So you have a particular movement. That's in a exactly piece right. would just exactly. be that contained, and then that specific movement would be before a, the 1800s. Yeah, 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 but after the 1800s, you still have movements, but within those within movements, those. you could fuck around and, yeah, and right. just go to have space and freedom. back and have a lot more freedom yeah. because they'd explored their minds more. Because that's what the mind does. It doesn't stay in one place for too long. I mean, we've got 30,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. So, you know, it was able, the, the music that we create reflects the mind a lot more. And I guess when we're writing music, we want it to be palatable, so we can't just put 30,000 words in there. You know, we need to control because we want people to hear it. But if our mind was free to go, obviously, the way it would, we'd be in asylums, as we all know. Yeah. But if it was free to go with music, you'd be listening to, I guess, all that weird atonal stuff that they did in the 19, in the 20th century, which is... You know. Um, but yeah, we like to Gregorian contain chant. it. Well, Gregorian chant's like the absolute basic of it, you know, mm. as one movement years and years ago. Yeah. But it was actually, you know, while I, I, I did music for the HSC, you know, and, and school and then went through university and studied well, you, a lot of you music. You were um, the conservatorium? No, I no. never went to the... I, I, I went to the con and did like little, little courses. Okay. Yeah. But then I went to university and did music, a little bit of music there. I didn't major in music. I'm, I majored in film. Mm-hmm. And which led me to do music for film, which is why I love Trent Reznor as well. I was yeah. thinking, love a lot of the movies he's done, like uh, Social Network, whatever. Um, but then after that, yeah, I went to film school. I went to Afters and did uh, did the screen composition course mm-hmm. there, and then started working for ads. Did music production for ads. Hated it. I didn't hate it. There was a good bunch of people there, but it was just not my calling. It wasn't for you. Yeah. And then when when my wife fell pregnant with our first child, I I quit. I just went, oh, no, I can't be doing this. And I started playing with an old teacher of mine who played the accordion. And he said, Ilan, if you learn 500 songs, you will be employed forever. <laughs> so this was way before. I mean, this is in my early 20s. So I, I sat there and learned all the crooner songs, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, and then all these songs in other languages. My mum was a language teacher. So we just started playing at bookshops and bar mitzvahs and whatever. Yeah. And um, it just kind of developed from there into a gypsy swing jazz thing. Um, and this, of course, in the background's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> and in the background's, you know, Soundgarden and Primus and mm-hmm. Faith No More and all these incredible bands that mm-hmm. the love that we share. And, uh, you know, I guess when I write songs, it, it kind, of, it's kind of threaded in without yeah. knowing it. Well, everything, everything is like, it, you know, like I've had conversations with other people where they're like, oh, I've got to not listen to anything so I can write something original. It's like, no, ah. no, 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 it doesn't happen that way. You've got to find the cracks in reality that allow the ideas to come through. You know, you find those little, those little, those little moments where that idea just goes, why don't you try that? And you've got to listen to that because that's, that, that's like, I can only speak for myself, but that, I've ignored that voice too many times so that now, even if I think it's going to suck, I do it anyway. You know, like so I get that, that idea that comes, it's like, okay, so maybe you're getting that idea because that idea has to come so something else will come after it. 
because it's that's the one that comes after is actually the one that you want. Basically, you've got you to know? try a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> and then just, not, like, but, you just got to plow through that to get to the diamond. Not be too judgmental on yourself to go. Oh, what will someone think? Fuck what they think. Do what the fuck you want and enjoy it, man. You know. I guess like, it depends on the situation. But I found myself these days being a lot more kind of picky. I need yeah. lots more ideas to get through to these really kind of well refined things. Whereas. You know, 10 years ago, I was just spitting it out, not really caring. And yeah. in fact, it's I, I kind of prefer the music I used to do. Which was do, you, do, you, do you think now, now that's, mm-hmm. like, a, and I don't mean this in a negative mm-hmm. way, right, but do you think that that is because it's more of a job for you now? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I, I don't in any way write now, because a, a lot of the writing I do is co-writing. So I'll get pulled into a room and there'll be two strangers that I've never worked with, an artist and a producer, and I'll be like the bridge guy, like the top liner or the chord guy, and we'll just write a song, but some days are really heavy and then some days are just breezy. And an interesting thing that I've just come up with, because the process changes all the time, as you probably know, like what you're doing now, the way that you're doing it now, writing and even listening to music has changed for me in a big way. Possibly because I'm going deaf, but you know, <laughs> I've listened to just what, what, <laughs> what? okay. Um, but the the process, yeah. So in the middle of a writing session, we might be four hours in, and we've written a verse and we've got a melody to a chorus, but we're tired and we need a break. It's like let's quickly instead of just leaving the room and getting a coffee and wasting an hour let's write a kid's song real quick because yeah. I've got kids and we're doing like a kind of project and we'll just write a real silly kid's song and then get back to the writing they're all sparked up again and yeah. not really caring that's on another tangent but no 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 no, no that's no, no, like, I like good. that I like that that's a, you know it's an interesting but writing's definitely good. evolved and it's yeah. and I can't imagine not doing it anymore no. like it's just part of it I'll, I've, I keep a diary and I get ideas from the phone and the diary and and my own studio that I've got at home and I, I, I love the challenge it can get really disheartening because one in 20 songs are kind of heard by people yeah I'll write a hundred a year and only five will get out yeah or something yeah but the, you, do, you, do you think then the most important thing is to write for yourself at the end of the day it, not, I mean the, it's all for yourself yeah of course, that's what I mean like because because at the end of the day even if it's successful, you want to be happy. Actually, I'll take know? that back. It depends. If you're with an artist, you've got to be really sensitive to the artist yeah. and just let them express it. And you're kind of like, sometimes I'll just write 10% or 15% and be there as a, yeah, yeah oh, I, I love, love that. that. You yeah. know, I really like that. Yeah, or so did, or so do what you did just five minutes ago. Remember this? And I'll pull out the phone and say, remember yeah. you did this? And just kind of got like, kind of hold them in my bosie. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. For, for me, that's pretty alien because I've, never done that yeah, you know yeah. so but I imagine it's it must be pretty exciting at some stages for you too you know I think it is but at the same time I would love a band you yeah. know that I did that with now like the Popillies have always been a writing crew that have done things kind of a bit separate because it's electronic music and I'll yeah. get one of the boys will be like check out this beat or whatever and I'll get it and, and write on top of it or I'll yeah. do it with someone else and then we'll pass it on to another producer who'll really put Drink it on steroids it, yeah. and then yeah. give it back to us so we'll get the, in there in the mix it's super collaborative yeah super yeah. Co- collaborative but uh, and I do crave that central vision I do have a band called Hawkeye that I'm doing which you'd probably dig it's yeah, progressive cool. rock it's that it's that secret teenage 
fantasy band yeah. that I never had. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the Teenage Years because one of the... Well, the... Because that's what this show's about. That's what the show's about. <laughs> like, the main, you know, the main <laughs> question... And, sorry, did, can, you are the captain in that you yeah. steer us around. Yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's the... Because I'm, I'm the tangent yeah. fucking bastard, mate. I'll go yeah. off. You'll quite hear me say, uh, <laughs> right, let's circle back, gentlemen. Or Circling I'll, back. Or I'll get, a, I'll get a text message. Circling back is that one where, you know, the guy who's fixing your fly screen hasn't called back for a while. It's like, hey, uh, just circling back. Can you get me a quote, you prick? But yeah, circling back, Robbo, yeah. So we always thought, well, the main thing that we talk about here is the definitive years of those growing years of music. I think it's a little bit different for you, though. It seems that your life career when it comes to music started a lot earlier. So I wouldn't mind touching on that, but really... Why is it between the age of 14 and 20 of those really growing years that really sculpt what you, you know, the genre that you're drawn to and what's, what you always will go back to as your base? Yeah, I mean, what are you fed at that age? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a nature-nurtured thing. I guess we're all attracted to different things and we, we're led by our peers and we're led by our parents and we're led by our own kind of individual taste. So who would you who would you say would be the most influential person at that young age? Was it your dad? Was well, it my my no? dad listened to Talking Heads and Moody Blues and all this kind of definitely didn't listen to what I was listening to later on. Like he he didn't really get the grunge thing or the or the progressive rock thing. Um, my mum not so much, but yeah, my dad definitely. And then these boys. I mean, honestly speaking, like in high school, mm. it was all of. I was kind of led. I was allowed to be led and just could have went to... I was probably led the most, though, by the singer. So, for example, if there was a voice like the dude from the Smashing Pumpkins, yeah, who had like a really, really cool yeah. sort of voice, I just didn't I didn't go. It was just like, oh, no, no, that's not nice. Mm. I guess. Like, mm. Just speaking honestly, no, whereas, whereas someone like... Chris Cornell, which is, you know, basically my favourite singer, mm. you know, it's he does have that kind of nasally thing, but he yeah, is the, the greatest singer ever. Amazing, amazing <laughs> but, and, and I obviously gravitated to that because possibly even because, you know, I played woodwind instruments and my mind worked on that, the flames. It was yeah. all about the flames. And if the flames were pretty, I guess, you know, I'm just... That's a good question. What, what age did you start on the food? Because... Oh, at five. I was just like a classical. And and I hated it. I hated it. Until I joined this guy's band and then the girls are like, oh, that's different. Yeah. And it was before Anchorman as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jazz jazz flute made popular. Believe me, I put down the flute for many years. (laughs) (laughs) Until Ron Burgundy picked it up and then all of a sudden, what, you were dancing around the restaurant? (laughs) Even bigger joke then, buddy. Even bigger joke. But in those early years, yeah, Talking Heads had a massive influence. So that was 11 and 12. I remember listening to Stop Making Sense. And that was this band that felt kind of punk as well. Like, even though it wasn't big guitars punk, it was like this kind of spoken word freedom political uh commentary about you know what it means to be poor and rich and questioning life and what what is this world you know mm-hmm. like and uh and so i was i was definitely drawn to talking heads and then before that yeah kind of guitar music yeah and then like high school just opened it was honestly i went crazy for led zeppelin and i just yeah. oh, it was just a mm. diet of led zepp for so long and hendrix and guitar music matt jackson was listening to heaps of guitar music so we i, I just delved into that we were mm. you know punching along and we'd spend hours just listening to 
John McLaughlin, like and yeah. and jazz stuff oh, that fuck was yeah. I that. super technical and okay. So the 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 thing that molded me probably the most at the end of year ten, my dad took me to India for like kind of two and a half, three months. In Australia, we've got this system where at the end of year 10, in the day, basically your school year finished in kind of late October because you'd done this school certificate. Then you had November, December, January. So three months of really nothing on, just holidays. And um, yeah, so we just went to, we went to India. Dad picked me up. We packed a 10 kilogram suitcase and went to India and I studied in an Indian music ashram. Yeah, right. And... I guess that might have opened me up to modal music and... And I do remember you coming back and singing the tabla. Yeah, yeah. And I do that when I'm driving. Cool. Keeps you awake or...? Yeah, it just reminds me of you. Ah, cool, it totally man. does, man. I think cool, I do. Man. I do it without without consciously thinking of it. Go, fuck, that, that's just your effect on me, you know? Like, so Indian music, like kind of opened me up to different colours, I guess, of scales and stuff that exists in Western music, obviously, mm. all over it. Like, especially Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And I mean, tea Party as well. Tea Party, yeah. huge. Oh, Tea yeah. Party. Well, they, 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 they picked out Middle Eastern okay. um, scales specifically to, oh, we want to write in that scale. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. That, That's where they got that sound from. Well, I still love those scales and, and you see them everywhere and you might not even know that they're there and I, I don't think about it when I... I mean, I don't... I really... I, I don't over-intellectualise music and that's a good kind of topic because being a musician, it's it's tricky sometimes. Yeah. You know, you hear music and you just want to relax into it but it takes you over and you start listening. Instead of feeling the music, yeah. you start listening well, see, to it. See, I have a rule, especially in the last 10 years, is I don't play covers. Mm. Because and for that reason, because I when I listen, I don't want to understand the mechanics. So I, I won't go and learn someone's song, and not because I don't like the song or I don't like the artist, it's because I want to be that listener. I want to be the music fan, and then when I play, I'll play my shit because I don't mind. I'll, like I want to understand the mechanics mm. of that because I want to know how it's. So yeah, if I, if, so, if I, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be sitting and list and going, yeah, I know how that. So when you get a massage and there's yeah, music yeah. playing in the background. Yeah. Are you like turn the music off? <laughs> no, 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 no. Or you just don't get massages? No, I just don't get you massages. Don't get See, no. when I get a massage, I love massages. Yeah. I love a nice deep, deep rub. Yeah. If there's music on, I'm just like, excuse me. Turn Keep it off. doing that, but turn that off. Yeah. No, I'm a kind it's... of bossy customer when it comes yeah. to massages. No, it's, it's more. Oh, that... no, but you got to be in the zone. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. There, there, there. That's good. Exactly. A bit higher, a bit higher. You know what I like? And this is just interjecting here. I can't stand when they walk on me. You know what? Oh, no. You know what? It's fucking lazy. <laughs> Do your job. Get back on your feet. Well, not get off my back, off yeah. your feet, and get them hands working. Yeah. Because you're just being lazy. Yeah. And you know what? You may have been 40 kilos once. You're not now. <laughs> okay? Yeah, no, I won't have any walking on No, there'll be no walking. And all music. Just no, just no, no walking, no. no music, just exactly. silence while I'm getting my beautiful yeah. massage. Yeah, I mean, there's music everywhere though, right? Yeah. I mean, you go to the supermarket or wherever oh, and it's just different. It's place. like buy, buy, buy music or it's... You know. so, so do you think then... Like, like, wait, wait, wait. Let's... What do you do in the Uber if he's playing like music you don't like? You just sit with it? Put, no, You're put right? my noise cancelling headphones on which oh, I yeah. carry with me Okay, you got my own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I just... If it's really like... I don't. If it's... So you don't ever go, hey, mate, just turn it well, down. 
most of the time I drive everywhere, you know, like work or whatever. If the only time I get an Uber is to take the truck for a service, okay. and that's it, you know. <laughs> okay, so okay, okay. That's about it. And then if it's only 10 minutes, I don't give a fuck. Put on okay, whatever you want. Okay, I'm, I'm a lot... I think I've become a lot less judgmental in my in my elder years in terms of I'll give anything a listen. Great. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But I'm not going to say no. No, I think we can have a know. beautiful relationship now, sharing yeah. music. Although I think like I have, and we had we spoke about this briefly before we started. I've discovered so much good stuff from the late '90s and early 2000s that because of my judgmental approach to music, didn't know existed. And I look back now and go, you're Paul was semi, he was semi a snob for oh, sure. Oh, I was a major snob and a judgmental prick, hundred percent. I can't believe you said that. hundred percent. It came up in about, it came up about two episodes ago. No, yeah. three episodes ago. Yeah. And he was giving it the big one about this, and I was like, you snob <laughs> from fucking Paddington, you fucking snob. Uh, and no one backed me up on it. No. About yeah, me. Paul's got all these guilty pleasures. hundred percent. So hiding somewhere. They are. They are. This they is fun. They, they're coming out show by show at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> what was last week's? No doubt. No doubt. No. Oh, let, let's I say no doubt. Yeah, yeah. She's come on. Gwen's amazing. Gwen Stefani. She can on. sing. Yeah. Forget about it. I'm your holiday girl. She looks great in a onesie. <laughs> so but let, let's go. We know Led Zeppelin. We know Jethro Tull. I want. I want the the biggest influence on you. The biggest one, like the, the okay. If you've listened to us, right? You've listened to us talk shit, and and you know how much back in the day I listened to Alice in Chains and would like fucking hound any bastard mm. that didn't like them. I mean, you might hate the answer, but no. I've probably listened to more Radiohead than anyone. Oh, probably, yeah. I've probably listened to more Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah, and just absolutely, just indulge myself in the indulgence that is. He's a radio. frightening talent, though. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a, he can dance too. Really? Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but and and and, and well, and, and and their videos and uh, you know when Kid A came out and Amnesiac and all this after OK Computer because I was listening to it kind of early on and but didn't really take too much notice until <clears throat> mid twenties and yeah. then if that's what we're talking about, no, no, so no, 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 I think I think I just could not understand what on earth was going on and I had no option but to surrender yeah. to everything that came at me. Whereas everything that had kind of come before I would listen to and I'd go, oh, that's kind of what's happening and I could figure it out, but I'd be able to let myself go as well. But here came this music that I just didn't have a ch- any choice. It, I just felt like I was put in a movie and I was watching a story unfold in front of me and every story was... Extreme, really different, and also I'm a lyrics guy as well, and so the lyrics weren't obvious, and they were always pungent and yeah. and threatening. And my life, I guess, I had a very easy, wonderful upbringing, and had a very openness to so many different, I guess, points of view. And I never had to deal with tragedy, and I, I was I was really lucky growing up. And Radiohead came along. It's like, oh, this is the tragedy I need. <laughs> so I, just, I went there, and this was the this was the dark world. I'd, yeah. I'd kind of my my inner sense had probably craved or something, and I just I just yeah just went there. But, but that, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have you Johnny Greenwood, to, you, know. you know, and his compositions. He's a brilliant composer, the guitarist, yeah. and and yeah. But that but like when you talk about that that open upbringing, 
I'll always remember going to your house and it being so fucking chill. Like, your dad was great. Yeah. And hey, my mum was a good you guys, cook. You guys want to go play? Yeah, go play up there. Set up whatever. Fuck, it's all good. We're down here smoking a joint. Yeah. Yeah. This. I've got yeah. fucking and he was in every gig. You know. He was. Dad, yeah. I was. I really supported parents. Yeah. yeah. I remember your dad being... Oh, well, I mean, I was as supportive as your old man. So we were the two kind of stood in the back corner, like not really talking much, just kind of listening. <laughs> yeah, and our house was the party house as yeah, well. And the band house. And the, like we and had, the rehearsal we space. We had a rehearsal space, space upstairs yeah. that they'd done, which is still going, by the way. Yeah, really. It's a studio now. Yeah. Yeah, it's great up there. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so that we, we were lucky to, to have a base for a lot of it. Yeah. Like your your folks' place and my place. I mean, yeah. that's where we were a lot And Jacko's apartment. And Jacko's, yeah, yeah, apartment. With his mum, it was with really, you know, open cool. and wonderful. We were, we were blessed, man. Oh, blessed. so lucky. Good question, sorry. Yeah, of course. Where's Matt Jackson now? He, not sure. He's all right, he's all right. I mean, he's doing little covers gigs and... Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's uh, doing managing some jam, jam gigs He, he had a girl for a while and, and they, they broke up and then he had... Then he's got a beautiful girlfriend She's gorgeous. Cool. So he's happy and that's good. I love man. And bald. Yeah. I mean, I, I had. I loves sorry, his league. Side note: did not know, did not recognise him when I yeah, saw him. Yeah, no fucking hair. No hair. No. Has he gone bald? Yeah, yeah he's bald like, like his dad. Looks like exactly like his dad. Dead set. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'd say I, 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 my relationship with Matt was great because I wasn't in the family band with him like you guys were. I was just like a mate on the outside who yeah. used my ute to drive you. Equipment to gigs and stuff like I didn't that. Have a car. What could I do? <laughs> I didn't have a car either. Uh, right. I know. Yeah, but I know what picking up a fucking flute's different from a bass amp, mate. Come on, sure. It's to make. Well, I carry a guitar in an no, 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 He would, and then we'd make him sit in the little dog box in the yeah. back of my youth there and yeah. drive down to wherever we're going. I always expected him because I like for me it was early days for me getting into music, so it was kind of like the first live experience was seeing you guys play and. Um, you know, Matt was good. I mean, I saw the first gig at the Moore Park View yeah. with Julian Stanley. <laughs> Man, I remember really I was, well. I the was. sculptor, who Julian, who's a sculptor. That's who you talk about. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen him in 30 years, bro. Brilliant no. guy. I've seen yeah. him down at Bronny Baths. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, right, he, he turned up at my place in France. Oh, wow. For three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And three weeks later, I had to ask him to leave. Because <laughs> he was on vocals for a while. Yeah. No, no, he was well, he yeah, was yeah. lead singer yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange But True. Strange But True, mate. Strange and they weren't true. even old enough to be in, in the, the pub. pub. No, well, I was 15. I was the oldest. So yeah. It's interesting, yeah. you know, with our with, with the bands that we've been in, the satellite bands that have been that were around the Habit and around Doctor Smooth at the time, because of course he had Noise Addict as well. Yeah, that's which, true. Um, yeah. What's he came out of it? Um, Ben. Um, Oh, no, 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 Noise Addict noise was addict. Um, the big guy. Uh, cigarettes will kill you. Um, oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah. Ben Lee. Ben Lee. Ben Lee. So you, you right. had like, a, like bands like Noise Addict with Ben Lee. From, they got picked up by fucking the Beastie Boys. That's and, right. And, so, and, and, yeah. and there were those guys. And of course, there was also Silverchair, which weren't too far away from some of what we were doing. Because we were doing gigs down at, at, at Waves, down at Bondi Pavilion, I think, for a while. Like, yeah. just recording in that studio, yeah, were yeah, we? Little, little and then room. going in band comps or whatever it was. Well, that, the and one then, that we did, at, that we did a band comp at the Bolo in Broadway. Yeah. And Silverchair at the time were the Innocent Criminals. They played there the next That's week. right. And I yeah. think they won there or yeah. something. And yeah. we came second and we were like, if we were only those guys, you know. <laughs> God so, dang it. Which, God by the way, it. I've, I love 
so much of what Silverchair did in the day. When I yeah. listened back to those songs, it's brilliant, and the way they developed and used... I hated them because I was jealous. That's right. And I'm old enough to admit that now. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have not admitted, admitted it then, but... I, I, I can understand it. Yeah. I oh, can it was totally total, get that. total, because it's like, what the fuck, I've been doing this for longer, and these kids come in... Yeah, and you're just trying to be like Coco Band yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 but when you go, and you listen, especially when you listen to their later stuff, how much of a brilliant musician he is... Yeah. And his arranging and his writing. And the development. Oh, it's next level shit. And his collaborations, you know, along the way with Paul Mack. Yeah, Paul Mack And Van Dyke, who did a lot of the string arrangements. Well, they tell tell a great story that they, him and, is is it Dreams? What is the one that he did with the, they recorded. The Dissociatives? Yeah, they recorded it somewhere uh, outside of London. Okay. And they did an entire album. And then they got they were off their faces and they were so scared of losing uh, the recording that they decided to go bury it somewhere. <laughs> and they buried it. And when they were sober, they couldn't remember where they buried it. <laughs> so they went back in and did the whole thing again. And they were fine with that. And they got through it and they done it and they released it. And then they released this story later on and say, somewhere... Are the original recordings. Yeah, this is the original recording and we buried it somewhere. So... Good luck to someone who finds it, but we're pretty sure because we woke up in the morning and there were sh- dirty shovels and muddy boots and no master tapes. Everything. Good story. It's a great yeah. story. So, it's a great history, story. Mate. Rock history. There you go. <laughs> Pot of gold. Something somewhere there. So, so yeah, so that was that era. It was yeah. amazing. I still go back there a lot in my mind. Yeah. It's a beautiful do, time do you, recording. Do you go back to that... that those Led Zeppelin things when you're writing and listen to his Possibly. lyrics or I, something. But definitely with my, I guess, my finger picking and yeah. style. Like, I love that. Because I did see your, your Instagram video of you playing with the double bass player. Oh, yeah, the other day. Your guitaring is fucking not bad, bro. Oh, like, just... Thanks, I can't well, lead. No, I'm, a, I'm a rhythm guitarist. No, no, you, you always were. But even from, from back in the day when you were, you could see you had that rhythm but you didn't quite have the technique. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, that's 15 and fucking... You want to hope you got better. It's you know? just hours of having fun with it. Yeah. Really, and, 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 and just playing. And the piano I love as well. So yeah. that's... So that is... A, you had an instrument of choice when no, you write? No, it's a guitar, for sure. Guitar? Guitar. And, well, we got a piano set up. My son plays the piano. Yeah, nice. So he dibbles and dabbles. He had yeah. lessons for years, but then I just got sick of asking him to practice what he was being taught by the teacher. Yeah. And it turned out he just started playing more piano yeah. and doing his own thing, and he loves it. Um, yeah, it's the guitar, I'd say. So I just feel more comfortable. Just, I don't have to look. I can just kind of feel my way around it. And I'm, I mean, I guess I'm just way more in the pocket with a guitar in in it on a groove and I don't need to think about anything. And I've had great teachers and one of them being our mate, you know, Jacko, who, who's, and, and of course, like everyone I play with, I'm lucky to, to have different crews that I play with. Yeah. So I've got like a kind of... Well, let's, let's touch on that yeah. quickly because right. one of the things that, that I saw you play at, the last time I saw you play was my son's, uh, sorry, my boss's son's bar mitzvah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I also know uh, that you do a lot of weddings and, yep. and other things in the Jewish community. So that must be like a, a not only a, a fun thing for you because you're up, you know, you're doing the traditional songs and... and and, but also in terms of employment is, is, a, is a great thing for you as well, you know? It was, it's really funny. So I, I had my real job 
which was the pop bellies and touring Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, and then yeah. I'd race home. And on a Sunday, no one knew about it. I would go and do a wedding with my best mates yeah. who were insane musicians, yeah. basically, you know, not studio guys so much as just great jazz guys who just played hundreds and thousands of hours on yeah. their instrument. And basically doing these gigs were like it was like getting a lesson every time. I was the worst musician of the lot of them. Yeah. I could front a band and sing um, you know, a, a huge range of songs would be very entertaining. But but I guess the best thing about it is is that the people you're working with, yeah. and you just feel supported, and you've got this telepathy, and you get to choose your own songs, and none of it, I mean, very little of it is planned. Yeah. So our covers gigs, I don't go out there with a set list. No. I go out there with a couple of scotches <laughs> and, 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 and basically just go, let's go, boom. Let's and, yeah. and when it's on to the next song, it's just like literally on the mic, C-sharp on it, let's go fast. Yeah, yeah. And just speed it up and off we go to the next song and I'll yeah. start it and the boys know exactly what's up yeah. and we just go. So it's, it's kind of like punk cabaret. Yeah, right. Madness. So as much as it's, it is doing you know a money job, whether it be a wedding or a corporate or whatever, it's actually kind of just... Well, I don't like to think of it as a Mike Patton version of it, but we're completely ADD yeah. about it all. Yeah. So I think if I was in like a straight covers band, it'd be kind of weird. But Glass Breakers is a different kind of thing. We break yeah. glass. Yeah. You know. But we, I think. Yeah, but I think that's that, tough. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. I think that 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 community aspect of it, because mm. you know, you, you're Jewish and being in that in that Jewish community, and I've noticed that it's such a release for a lot of those people that. that like I don't, I don't know what you call it, where they they have them up on the chairs. Yeah, the horror, the, the horror, and they're yeah. dancing around, right? Yeah. And you see these guys that during the week they're fucking doctors and lawyers, and 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 they're just going nuts. And it's almost like that in the religion that, that it's set up. Okay, this is where all that tension in the week you can just let it, let out. it out. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, I grew up in a in a religious household, and that and that that doesn't exist in in Christianity, you know, in, in the Anglican Church, but in in the Jew. The Jewish culture—it's like they've arranged for this part. Well, for starters, this is, this is where you can go fucking mental. For starters, there's know? no hell in Judaism. No, we don't have a hell. No, but you, <laughs> you understand what I mean. Like, the, of course, the, the, the culture is from you know, this is an outsider's perspective. The culture is work, 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 make money, look after your family, work, 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 and then when there's a wedding, everyone goes fucking mental, and it's like this—it's like a—you know—they all. Just their tension out all over the place. There's you know? this it's thing like... that all of us learn how to read and sing at the age of 13. So it, you have your bar mitzvah, and in your bar mitzvah, part of it is learning how to read Hebrew and how to sing yeah. and intone those words in a very specific, special way. So not only do you learn how to sing and read, you learn how to read music. Because on the words that you're reading on the actual script, there are little notes right not notes but squiggles that indicate ah or yeah. ah, on the actual words so you're learning a peculiar set of skills already to make you better and that could be the foundation of part of the success of the jewish nation i guess yeah you know? the, the fact that you 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 edu everyone's educated and Yes, man. Like the parties are crazy, oh, they're ridiculous. They're mental. I was shocked. Mental. I was shocked. Like I've been to a couple of bar mitzvahs and yeah. a couple of weddings, and it's it's like it's set up for that. Purpose, Every Friday you know? night is sort of set up like that as well. Yeah, you know, you sing. It's it's the Sabbath, and you're sitting around. It's also a, a great deed 
for God to make love to your wife on a Friday night as well. <laughs> you know, so it, it carries through. I mean, it's, you know, it's great to feel a part of that, but also it's great for me to be able to detach and it's yeah. not my driving force, you know. Obviously no, but it's, it's nice, it must be nice for you with your family to still be... In, maybe not so much the religious aspect but the cultural aspect of it to be involved in that you know yeah no my family are fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> there I was trying to say something nice shoot me down bro <laughs> but the colour of it all I'm just open to it all yeah. you know obviously and yeah. there are some things in it that I can't stand like for example you know um, in the religious sort of aspect to it it's not permitted for a woman to sing you know and for me that's just like that doesn't make sense because where would we be without Fiona Apple yeah. you know and all those great female singers of that era that we grew up in as well um, I had a massive crush on Ella from Killing Heidi yeah I didn't yeah she's I the kind of mate now I love that yeah I um I had, a, I had a dream about a year ago that I was married to her wow <laughs> I know and we're like super in love and married and, and and didn't want kids. It was perfect. It was like a real dream dream. I, I just I just cool. found the cut for the Instagram. <laughs> I'm just calling Ella now. Uh-huh. I didn't tell her. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if she answers. If she picks up, she picks up. If not, she's yeah. like, oh, it's alarm from the pop bellies. Uh, no. Oh, Ella Singer. Hopefully it's that Ella. There might be other singers. <laughs> Hi, Ella. Oh, well. Uh, too bad, too bad. It was a good plan. Good plan. It was a good plan. Well, it was, a, it, it, was a, it was an actual, like, sleeping dream. I'll just scrape that yeah, name off it. the okay. pavement as well. It's all right. That's all right. But it's a great question. I want to see how embarrassed you are right now. Okay. It's all audio. <laughs> Is it hot in here? But having said that, just like Indian music kind of influenced me in my young, like when I was in year 10, so I'm only 15. Obviously, the music that I was brought up on, the, the sacred music, so to speak, of Jewish music, that's also got a different modality yeah. to it as well. So you're just kind of open to whatever you're kind of fed at an early age and it was never like force fed to me like it was never like that no. but um but yeah I mean rock was force fed yeah <laughs> I didn't have a choice in no, that no. I mean all my mates were listening to it yeah and and I loved it because I, 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 I remember a friend of mine and it got and really heavy by the way I was into Pantera and Metallica oh, yeah and we were just really crazy crazy loud but you could hear within the pop bellies I mean they're doing a you know a dance and a you know electronica kind of thing and you cross it over and bring in into the pub yeah exactly you brought it really into the mainstream not that it wasn't already you know mainstream but you created a balance that opened up a community for everybody to listen to I find the electronic music I was never interested I'm not into that but as soon as you kind of brought the guitars in and the riffs and you know a bit more rhythm to it and overlaid it over the top then you're speaking to a brighter audience and a bigger community. It's a cross-section. Well, it's a, a big cross-section. That, I mean, that follows on from like the Prodigy and then Pendulum and then the Potbellies. I was going to talk know, about all of those yeah. guys, you know, because they brought that punk and that rock sensibility and smashed it. And then, like Pendulum, when you listen to that guy's keyboard riffs, they're all metal riffs. Yeah, right. They're full on, like, because they were a metal oh, band, yeah. you know, they were a metal yeah, band, right. and then and then they went to London and they did remixes of the, you know, Prodigy and all, like. 
We yeah, toured with the Prodigy for a while in, oh. through Korea. It was wow. crazy. They were all gym heads by the time you know they got there drinking tea. Yeah. You know, they weren't like punks at all. Yeah, because I bet they would have got the good stuff too. Oh, Not the yeah. rubbish we no, get. No. no. They got no. Lovely, no. lovely tea. Lovely tea. Lovely tea. Yeah, good tea. But gym heads, like they would, they were going to sleep very early yeah. you know, and waking up in the but, morning. But that's, I think that, that sort of alludes to your success with, with that particular song is that, it, like you said, it, it, it brought people from the pub into the dance world. Presets know? were doing it as well at the yeah. time. And, um, and as you said, pendulums, I mean, they, they were kind of, they weren't super early. They were late, right? They were they late. Were like, yeah, they, they, they were, were like 10 years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. probably 07, 08. Yeah, like that's know? the same time as when yeah. we were doing it. But they, they were big in, in <clears throat> Europe before they, they you know, because they, yeah, right. they're Perth boys. Yeah, yeah. But their band from London, like their their bass player and drummer and stuff, are all. Well, we're English, banned so. from Townsville. <laughs> <laughs> we're not allowed in Townsville. Billy's no, no, no. no. Tell dish dish. Uh, okay, so we're very drunk and the lights go down and we get on stage and it's the V8 supercars with you know thousands of people out there who've been watching this yeah. all day and they put on big festivals, big shows at the V8 supercars. It's fantastic. Massive. You know, they have yeah. everyone. In there. So the lights go down and Johnny. The guy on the decks behind me gets on and goes, V8, are you fucking ready? And there's like silence. He goes, are you fucking ready? And the lights go up and it's just all families. Just going like, what on earth like this? And then we did this super drunk, crazy set and Johnny, who has terrible eyesight, could not see what was going on, which was like kids just getting ushered out the back and a few, like the drunk guys were getting up the front and going crazy because like it is kind of festival music. It's big and it's bashful, it's crazy. But what happened, what, what happened the next day is that we were on the front page of a local rag. In fact, the girl in the band Blue was in the front page who never swore, never swore. She was on the front page going... And it said, no swearing will ever be allowed again in public places. And then, uh, then this politician stood for mayor the next uh, local election and the whole thing was like, there will be no swearing outdoors and there was all this, and he got voted in. And so we were banned from Townsville for like two years. No, and then we got, when, when we went back there, we sold out three shows in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, those guys that swear. That's we'll it. go see those That's assholes. Fun. Let's go. <laughs> It's like Footloose. Uh, oh, and I, I had my nose broken in Townsville too oh, yeah. after one of the gigs. Uh, Dave from the band was eating a hamburger and some guy went up and went, hey, mate, can I have a bite of your burger? And I just started <laughs> laughing. Who do you play for? The Townsville Vultures, do you? Like this. And he just looked at me and that was it. That was I just like, pop. And I was lucky it wasn't a full swing, but I, I, I semi-deserved it. I semi-deserved it. In fact, I you kid drum boys are you. You and your brother are smart asses. Can, can get that way. That's can, it. Can get that way. I remember your brother being a smart ass to bikies in the bat and ball. I don't think he knew what he was doing. No, he didn't. Clearly. No. <laughs> so let's. No, but I've been lucky. I haven't actually been hit too many times. That's I'm good. Like, just, just that once in town. <laughs> so I just want to accolades for what brother. And that girl I'm, back in here. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one time in band camp. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, I interrupted. No, no. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Accolades. It's accolades. Pop bellies. I was really kind of over, well, well, really impressed more than anything. Um, you know, what the pop bellies actually achieved, what you guys achieved uh, over the career, uh, uh, three times platinum, uh, gold, uh, 
playing to 1.9 million viewers uh, finale for Big Brother. 2 million uh, viewers over, um, I want to say it was one of the football finals or something like that. Yeah, Just, a, that AFL and you did an NRL grand final show. NRL grand final show, yeah, stuff pretty, like that. Pretty yeah. stoked, man. Oh, no, like, and I was just like, well, like as, as I was reading through, just going, holy McFuckballs. Like, <laughs> you know, I knew you guys were big and, uh, you know, heard you everywhere and, you know, had a fair good grasp on your music. But, you know, reading the stats, which you never do, you never read the stats. I never read the stats. Do you read the stats? I don't read the stats. No. Anyway, but as I've I did, used I used the stats. <laughs> but, you know, as, as I went through, it's like, you know, APRA Awards, uh, you know, Band of the Year in, uh, sorry, uh, song, uh, Dance Song of the Year in 2009 and 2012. Uh, and, I mean, the one that got me was, yeah, the 1.9 million. I think that... that- that must have been like a, a televised thing. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying it a gig or anything, but as a televised thing, it's still yeah. 1.9 million people who are watching that at that point in time. I mean, you have no idea. It's lights, camera, action. You're just doing what you do on stage in front of yeah. the studio warden and stuff like that. But still, like... Well, the song, the, that song and, and songs that came after, you're in a position to do some good stuff. And, yeah. And part of it is, you know, the message of those songs. Like, mm. if you look into it, when you write a song like that, it, it means something, and then two years later, when you're playing it, it means something completely different. And sure. You don't know why, and the, the the chorus is just one of those choruses that that kind of just try and rally all the troops together. But then the then the verses are a bit more cryptic, and you kind of stoked that a song like that it's it's really bent. Like the lyrics of the of the verses are kind of weird, mm-hmm. and and need a second reading to it. And then you get people who are on the brink of, you know, desperate times, mm. sending you letters and going, hey, man, this is great. And, yeah, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but playing for 1.2 million people on the TV, it's like a surreal experience. Yeah. Tweet, but you sure. don't feel it. I mean, no, no, obviously you don't But you it. do feel something when mm. someone just genuinely goes, I proposed to my wife, you know, this, this song, or yeah. those individual things, mm. I guess... But that's what it's about, those it. mini stories, those little maybe. interview stories. Yeah, can, I, can I share yeah. with you my... Potbelly story then. Sure, man. All right. So I had no idea it was you. Yeah. Zero. Of course, this is the Jeep commercial that we're talking no, about. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. This, is before, this is before the Jeep commercial, right? This is so that my daughter was doing uh, what in Wollongong they call Southern Stars. Okay. So it's like school estate yeah. food, like they used to do at like the that. entertainment yeah. centre. Um, and I'm pretty sure Buddha must have come down to watch because... Mm-hmm. My daughter was, you know, one of millions of dancers or thousands of dancers, you know, off, off and, and the, this kid got up and sung, sung your song. And I had not heard it. I had, at the time and probably up till now, I wasn't listening to radio, had not heard the song. And Buddha was like, dude, that's fucking a man song. Like, what are you fucking talking about? And he's gone, yeah, yeah, it's like it's been number one for like God knows how long. And that freaked me out because it's like, man, that's like a huge journey to go on to okay one you've got the song and it's successful but to cross over then into a point where something like that is covering that song <laughs> yeah, that's man. another fucking level altogether cool, man, man. Yeah, it that, feels good then a week after that this is when cd stores still existed i walked into sanity music in wollongong and there's you on the fucking display <laughs> with a tv on my head TV or TV. Or no, no you were lying down on a couch oh, yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah. like that and oh, it was just fuck. like wow. 
fuck, there's a line, there's a line, there's a line, there's a, like, you know, a, a 50 copies of the CD. <laughs> and that was like a total, like, I mean, I was so stoked for you, you know, but it was like a total surreal moment in my, in my life. It was, you know, it was fucking cool. It's kind of interesting, you know? like, looking at that, at, at a lot of the music we did in the poppies and looking at the era that we're talking about. Because actually, it's like, at the most, oh, think about it, and I was really into the, the, the musical side of what we were listening to back then, like the, the technical stuff, the, oh, wow, you know, it changes there and it moves there. Whereas the songs that, you know, that, that made me kind of get here, sitting here today, in a way, are so simple. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, the, the whole of the verses in Don't Hold Back is one chord. It doesn't yeah. move. And then you get to the chorus and it's just three chords. You know what yeah, I mean? But, so, but that's like what we were talking about before in terms of the, the technicality doesn't matter if, if the feeling and the joy is there. Well, I think the technicality know? in this case goes into the sounds themselves. Because yeah. at the time, like, we were working with a guy, Sam Lamore, who has since, you know, done everything from Pnow to um, Empire of the Sun. And yeah. he's a big yeah. producer. And at the time, he was already a big producer. Amazing. But he... This is insane. He mixed every track we've ever done off his laptop. No speakers, no speakers. And I'm talking about mixing it to the point of getting it to mastering yeah. off his laptop and headphones. Yeah. No big studio, nothing like that, just his ears. And constantly just taking his headphones off, putting them on, and just getting to the point. I mean, I'm not sure you'd be able to do that with a rock album. or anything. I mean, oh, you could, but you I don't could. know about the result. Yeah. I mean, these days you've got like, we've started using this. Um, online app called Lander. You ever use that? No, so I've heard of basically, that, yeah. it's a mastering subscription yeah. thing that you, you you pay a few hundred bucks a year, and you can just send your track to, and, and they'll they master, master it. it. At, but it's not they; it's an algorithm. Yeah, it's a computer right. that does it and analyzes yeah. it, and just knows exactly kind of how to push it. And you get three choices: A, B, and C. And it's like, oh, and off you go. And that's and that's it. like we we talk about a lot on this podcast. The uh, you know, because we lament CD shops and record shops and the digital age and how music has changed. But the hugest advantage for people doing now is being able to sit at your computer and make an album. And like, you know, I mean, I remember we would scrape to get fucking $300 together to go to Zen Studios. And have and to have a full room for Have a full gear. room, you know, and, and pay the fucking mixing guy and then you wouldn't get it for two weeks and, oh, sorry, mate, I lost half your track and we, we only got one song done out of a full fucking, you know? Like, yeah, and that's the fucking bass. Mate, I, I, I honestly would not be playing if it wasn't for, for um, GarageBand. I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't cool. be playing because cool, it's, cool. it's, it's, like, it's just like a... Plug in, bang, done. It's one of the things I've, I, uh, one of the proudest things I've, I've had a part of, uh, being a part of, was uh, APRA, um, which is the Australian Performing Rights Association, which collects publishing for mm -hmm. writers and does a lot of other stuff and supports the writers and, and musicians. We, together with about, I don't know, six of us, we designed the syllabus for high schools about oh, right. uh, yeah. it's kind of seven years ago, which was a songwriting syllabus where we'd go called Songmakers, where it's a f fantastic program. We lost funding last year, ridiculous, because they, we've, anyway, I'll get into that, how ridiculous it is <laughs> that we don't have the funding. But we basically wrote this syllabus that is this two-day course. You take 16 students and put them in separate rooms and basically spin the plates and get them to write songs. And then on the second day, we produce the songs so they sound crisp. And we're, we're working with producers that are really snappy and quick. And I'm there being the guy, making sure that they're all ready to record it and, and, and write them. And at the end of the day the class gets together and, you know, listens to the songs and cries and claps and dances to it. And it's an unbelievable process. 
that, you know, let's face it, why did I choose music in high school in the first place? It wasn't to learn the Western eternal tradition. No, it was, it was, it was to, to get out of maths. Figure out, it was to get out of maths. <laughs> And to fucking figure out what songs were and yeah. like and, and, and to play, man. And to play, play and yeah. to play. So that was really missing. So we've introduced that into classes and found kids there and gotten them publishing deals and yeah. have now written with big stars and who have their own careers happening and pumping. And yeah, like the, you lost funding last year and we're hoping to get it up at the moment. So because the, the why I brought it up is that um, well, I don't know why, but. <laughs> Because it's a great yeah, thing to talk. Because it's a great thing, mate. You know? No, we were talking about something. We're talking, no, we're talking about the, the, the digital age and. and we're talking about the digital age. Yeah, and, so yeah. part of the sorry, yeah. So part of the speech that I give them is: look, in my day, we had to fill the room full of millions of dollars worth of equipment, or he'll hire a studio for what six hundred to a thousand bucks at the least. At the, for, at the, for one day. For one day. And don't forget, you're going to spend half that day setting up the drums. Setting up the drums. Yeah, bloody drums. And if you get to the fucking vocals. You're lucky, mate. So it's part you know? of it is is like, look, guys, look at what you got. You got the yeah. equipment. You're so lucky, so blessed, and they take it on. I mean, yeah. it's not saying that they're spoiled or anything. No, no, no. Because no. the because the gear's there. Man. It's just different, you know. It's just different, and 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 it's nice to, to be able to take advantage. of Was that. there a piano in your house yes. or in the in the church? Yeah, pianola. I, I just realised there were a lot of pianos in houses in the day, weren't yeah. there? I mean, the, 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 the piano that was in my oh, parents' house. Piano. It was a pinola yeah, yeah, yeah. that came from my mother's pinola is the one that plays itself, and right? it's in my garage. Wow! Yeah, I've still got it. Does it freak the kids out? Like it's ghosty? buried. They, it's buried. Okay. They can't get to it at the moment. But okay. you know, that's another story why they can't get to it. But yeah, I've I've still got that piano. I was, yeah. But uh, yeah, so what I'm saying is, back in the day, there were kind of there were pianos lying around in houses occasionally. You get there, and they'd, and there wouldn't necessarily be a piano player no. in that house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got a seventeen year old boy. He loves the piano, but he also, you know, he loves his video games and yeah. his phone. And seventeen already. Yeah. yeah. Holy McFucking balls, man! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one yet. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a super blessing, we'll get you but then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Being on the road was interesting, though, with a young family. You know, that kind of broke it a lot. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't. You got you know be careful what you wish for. You're on the road and you want to be in two places at once, and then landing the spaceship when you get home. It's kind of like when you're away, you know how to feel. It's like oh yeah, yeah. my family's there. I miss them. I know exactly what their feeling is. I miss them. I miss my boy. I miss my girl. And but there's so many distractions, and then you can't. You're always missing them though. But then when you come back, it's like oh I'm here now, and how am I going to balance it all out and respect? You know, my wife who's taking care of Gabe so beautifully and so well and 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 fit in. Where do I fit here? And, you know, you start to feel like a, a policeman or something or then you feel like you're in, you're in the background. It's it's kind of hard and I'm sure it's a common thing mm. with uh, with touring musos, with young families, yeah. you know. It can be pretty destructive. Yeah. So where are the Potbellies at now? Potbellies, we're about to release like... 16 tracks in the next three weeks. Dead We've been working yeah. on, because, on tracks. Because driving oh, wow, here, we getting driving a scoop here? here? <laughs> driving here, I did see signs up for gigs. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we're playing, we're playing uh, this weekend in Carambar or something. Yeah. Although, yeah, by, so, the time sorry, people by the time this comes out, there will be <laughs> yeah, signs. Exactly. So. By the time this comes out, you all fucking missed the gig. Yeah. All right? Yeah, no, we're playing around. We're playing yeah. around. Oh, it was we're just serendipitous that I saw it today. And I actually, yeah. I, I love... Uh, 
I love <coughs> DJing a little bit, you know. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I love it. So I've got a so, I've got a residency on in uh, on Friday nights at the Royal in Bondi. Oh, that, rough, yeah. that rough pub in Bondi. Yeah, nice. That's no longer not, that rough. No, no, no it's, 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 it's pretty it's, rough. It's a Hems now, isn't it? It's a Hems, but you know he's There's kind Totti of kept the, the facade. Toddy's in the back, but the facade is still dodging. You still get some Maoris and Irishmen kind of looking throwing looking themselves at the traffic occasionally. The last time I was there was like the official last night of it being the old pub and it was packed and we, we were on a boys night out having a few drinks there and then we're going down to Ravisi's for dinner and uh, anyway we're playing a bit of pool a few beers and all, that. all of a sudden I just hear this fucking ruckus going oh, fucking oh, fucking go out and I turn around and guys like smacked a fucking pool cue snapped it in half and fucking lunged at this guy who's hit the deck and then bouncers come fucking over the tables over me everywhere fucking like that and then they'll be getting dragged down we're like I think it's time to go. Coming and, um, classic <laughs> royal, yeah. classic <laughs> royal, <laughs> classic royal, classic royal. So we um, we left before the police came. No, honestly, yeah, honestly speaking, it's actually a great great pile, yeah. and uh, I was just paid to say that because yeah. since I play there every yeah. Oh yeah, and that was before the new management. So that was a long time ago, <laughs> yeah. people. So <laughs> go there now. Totties is an amazing. But a bit of background was the royal was a real real rough pub oh, yeah, in yeah. Bondi and Bondi everyone said this reputation in Sydney Bondi the beach uh, it's got a, a, a kind of reputation for being quite yuppie and everything like that but in the day in the no. 90s which is a period we're talking about it was quite rough well, like, that's that's fuck, whole, I would have got in there and I thought I was quite tough that whole back section of, Promenade of, of North Bondi, no, the, yeah. the houses behind there was yeah. all housing commission right when I, I, when yeah. I grew up when, when I moved from Hurstville into Paddo and we started going to Bondi and like Bondi was one of the roughest suburbs. Well you guys used to play the Rat House. Which was that? North Bondi RSL. Oh yeah, yeah. the Raddies. Yeah, the, rat. and, the, and rats. the Rats. And the Diggers. The, the Diggers as well. The Diggers, diggers just yeah. up in the golf club as well. Yeah. There was a room there. The there diggers, were lots of places to play. That, they were, they were on the Beach Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah Beach, Beach Road. Road. Yeah. Beach Road was quite upper class the rest of them. They were quite a bit... Yeah. Bit lowbrow, but, bit bit grungy. But, they, you? but they, the beach road used to have this Sunday afternoon. Great sessions. Yeah. Great, Great bands, man. You had Bloody Mary there. Remember those guys? They were incredible. Uh, and good, Juice. Yeah, and Good Buddha. Good Buddha. That was a good scene, don't it? Really was a good scene. And there's a lot of musicians there that were collaborating all coming out of those Sunday sessions who were just, no sense collaborating, but going off and having little jam sessions together and having like writing sessions and yeah. just creative sessions and going back to their own the, time. The Jones brothers, like Christian Jones and Armanuff, and then and then uh, and um, uh, who were they? The Rosens, like in Bloody Mary. Those, yeah. those guys were just still are, but they're mm. unbelievable musicians. Um, great songs, Wine of Life. Yeah. That Juice album, it's yeah. fantastic. Still got it. And, and another great, it's yeah. an amazing. Another album. great guitarist who played around uh, that time and still playing now. And I believe he's a good friend of yours. And Jesse's Krishna. Krishna Jones. That's all one oh, of the Jones. Krishna Jones. Yeah, Juice. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, man. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Absolutely unbelievable. I didn't know he was a Jones. Christian he Jones. Can't, he, he, he can't was, be a Jones. Stop it. At, uh, Don't lie to me. Yeah, he's a Christian Jones. He's a Christian right. Jones. I'm a Christian Jones, that's right. And they're daddies now. They're daddies. Oh, are they? Dads. He came to... I, I did a fundraiser last week, a big mm. band fundraiser. So I had this idea. We, we wanted to raise money for the Fireys because mm. uh, of all the... Um, all the Everything. The chaos, yeah, the, the devastation. The devastation that's taken place, especially in, in southeast New South Wales. We wanted to do something about it. We all felt helpless, and I thought, what's the best way to get older people giving money and taking part in, in something? So I got mates of mine who have a 15 piece big band to do the golf club. The, the, uh, 
sorry, the Bolo, the Bondi Bolo. Mm. Krishna came down. Krishna Jones was there from uh, from Juice. Nice. And we I can't did this believe whole... this is Jones. That freaks me out. Man. <laughs> what that his name's a Jones? Yeah. Well, Jones is yeah. just it's so. I don't know. But his first name's Krishna. I know. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I just thought it'd be Krishna something cool. Yeah. Let, let, <laughs> it's let, Jones. I'm so disappointed. Go, go back to the to the early '90s, right? With those guys, and they drove that whole funk scene. That's right. That whole thing. Like I remember seeing them in the scout hall at the back, just off the back of Old South Head Road. Um, just as you come up to where the Jewish school and stuff is there, and there's one little, and they were playing like a function they played for five and a half hours wow non-stop wow just it's like crazy bang 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 and just like 10 minute tracks you know they just sit in the pocket and just another guy in that scene was mitch uh what's his name anyway amazing keyboards just actually brilliant musicians man yeah and funk, funk rock i mean it, it, it was rock they yeah. were they were they had that drive man that was just like, the pocket yeah <laughs> That 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 uh, ride symbol, dink, 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 which is which like which is why I don't now like look like look at dance music because that's got that that's got that same rhythm. It's that mm. same, which I love. I love that rhythm in heavy music, and I love that rhythm in everything. You know, like, crosses over. It's the yeah. language. Oh, it's the language of We're it. Lucky, lucky to be here. Got anything else, bro? I do have one last. One thing. last thing. Here we go. He's doing his research. It's been fun. Uh, so I've got a story for you. There we go. It was it was my it was my ousting from Facebook. Oh, I was uh, ejected, ousted black by band. the by the black band by the general public of so called friends. And so my dad had this cat, right? He loved this cat, but the cat was old and the cat was deaf. The cat got moved around a couple of houses, but it ended up down here. It used to lay out on the uh, driveway. <clears throat> Deaf as a fucking post. And uh, Dad was out guarding and stuff like that. <clears throat> and, um, and my mum pulled into the driveway and split the cat in two Ugh. in her Jeep. <laughs> right. So my sister's on the chill face. My poor mother, she's she's run over the cat and da, 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 like right in front of my dad and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, it's like poor me and this big outpouring and tears and everything like that. And I was like, you know, like, come on, come on, people. I, like, I, I get on Facebook. Yeah. The evil genius I am. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my um, my mum ran over dad's cat right in front of him in a jeep. I don't know. You're all probably thinking the same as me. Yeah. She bought a Jeep. <laughs> don't, don't go back. Don't smoke crack, mate. I know. Don't come back. <laughs> Poor cat. But Poor I, cat. Got, I got slated. I love cats, man. I know. Yeah. I, 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 but you know what? The cat was old and the cat had had a good life and the cat died in a brutal way, I know. But you have to make light of those situations when, you know, I feel... Anyway, I got absolutely slated, oh, torn oh, the shit imagine. out, brutalised. But then I had some people... You know what they say? Don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck with cats. Don't I, know. Fuck I had people DMing me saying, you know what, that's some of your best work, but I would never say that publicly. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's always made me 
think of you. My dad yeah. ran over my tailor, my, my beautiful acoustic guitar once. I just laid it out in the garage and he just ran straight over it and, uh, and it cracked in two. Yeah. It was my beautiful pride and joy that I'd saved up for. It was a oh, it's ridiculous $4,000 guitar or something. And uh, it was insured. I've been lucky with insurance. One time I lost all this shit and I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to insure myself for everything from now on. Yeah. I don't care because I'd lost so much and <clears throat> whatever. He split his guitar in two. It was insured. And uh, I claimed the insurance on it and bought a studio with it. <laughs> started playing a shitty little, shitty little like a classical nylon string. And I was just like, you know what? That's and that's, that's the blessed sort of era that we're in that we can afford, you know, now. You know, no, you don't need too much and you can make no. beautiful music and you can make it with friends and, and, and family and, and just do it. That's it. Well, I think other than that, on, on, on a personal note, mate, it's been a pleasure watching you over the years, listening to you grow, from working with these guys, you know, at such a young age. I met you when you were, what, 14, 15, uh, those early rehearsals and all those gigs that, you know, I went to and to travel and come back and then hear, you know, your song whilst I was living on the other side of the world in France and realising, watching TV drunk one night in France, that, fuck. Yeah, one of our songs went nuts in France, actually, yeah. from the music. That yeah, was crazy. I, I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but I always felt, and I, and I, and I will say Why this. is he wearing those weird pants? <laughs> They're so tight. What's he done with his hair? <laughs> What's he done again. with his hair? There was a time, actually, that I had a toilet brush at the back of my head. It was all shaved with a toilet brush and blue. God, I did some stupid shit. Yeah. Why not? But I just it, wanted to say, yeah, very proud as a friend. Yeah. Very proud, and it's been a it's been a pleasure to watch your career, and um, no, and no. more more power to you, man. Yeah, and Keep. more and more career to come. We look forward to it, and uh, yeah, we can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, and on the same note, like just for all the guys that we played with, it's great to see that someone fucking <laughs> lived that dream, bro. Yeah, no, because there's so many things that you know, whether it's work or family or whatever that. that hold you oh, I can't even say hold you back because that's too negative but maybe yeah. stop and it's you. also the antithesis of my biggest hit <laughs> yeah. yeah right don't hold back bro don't hold back bro <laughs> but don't hold back but also man like, yeah, keep on trucking thanks keep, keep doing your shit and yeah. you know, more power to you brother thanks for having me on nah appreciate it thank you very much thanks thanks everyone great everyone having you as a guest yeah keep doing awesome. these keep doing good yeah and um, hopefully we'll get you back with Justin love that yes yeah, really I'm, I'm thinking bigger I th I, I'm, you know I, I just think we've got to get a few more of the boys All in right, the well, room together let's, let's cut this and then we'll have a chat <laughs> <laughs>